Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Last Man Standing. Still your friendly neighborhood podcast. Still trying to get it right. Still trying to dig a little deeper, get a little more emotional and set. And trying to find our way through life. As always, I am Isaac. Amir. Brittany. Angie. And Mondo. And before we get too serious, (laughs) because it might get a little serious this episode... If you were with us last episode, we talked about us being who we needed for ourselves when we were kids. Because for those of us that have children or friends or family, sometimes we need a shoulder to cry on. Sometimes we need someone to talk to or to talk with. So we dubbed the episode uh, TLC song, What About Your Friends? Because it matters. So for this episode, we're going to dig a little deeper, get a little more emotional, do a little more storytelling. But before we do, we're going to get a little stupid because I like stupid shit because <laughs> I can't help it. Um, my good friend Mondo here, we have this thing that we do, kind of, sort of. We always give each other music. Listen to this, listen to that. Hey, so-and-so dropped a new album. Did you hear it yet? No, let's play it all day. <laughs> I'll be on that. <laughs> One of the best things he has possibly ever given to me in the history of music is Saturday morning slow jams. Oh, my God. <laughs> if you do oh, not know so what good. this is, if you have ever heard of, like, pentatonics or what's the other? Um, postmodern jukebox. Postmodern jukebox. They take modern songs and they put, like, old classical twists to them. They make rap songs into, like, swing music. And it's dope as shit. I love it. So if you were anywhere near your phone or a computer, go to YouTube right now and thank us later. And look up Saturday morning slow slow jams. Because it is the shit. (laughs) They take all your favorite old school cartoons. Theme openings. (laughs) And they do them in slow jam versions. And oh my god, these musicians are top notch. They are (laughs) unbelievable. The gummy bears. I never felt more inspired. Inspired. Yo, Darkwing uh, Duck is sexy. Yes. Oh, yes. Yo. <laughs> Darkwing Duck. Better oh, watch so out, you bad. Oh, oh so man. <laughs> so go listen to it right now. But in the meantime, <laughs> I want to go a little right around the table. What are your favorite Saturday morning cartoons? What were the songs? What's this? I mean, I'm like 36 now. So um, this is me going back 30 years. But I remember all the theme songs of like my favorite cartoons. Mm-hmm. I can't remember shit I did yesterday, Mm-mm. but if you ask me the lyrics to like Darkwing Duck, I got you. Mm-hmm. You're good. <laughs> Even if you ask me like old school jingles to commercials. Yeah, jingles suck these days. Yeah, were we talking about that? Me and you were talking about that. Just like nobody puts any kind of effort into jingles. Like now it's yeah, just whack. No one has anything catchy anymore. Yeah, everybody's whack. <laughs> it's a whack time for the jingle business. <laughs> So, Amir, you're a little bit younger, so you probably, on your cartoons, I probably don't even know them. No, you probably do. My, I still, my cartoons are still old, older at the time, because when I was younger, it was, they were still showing cartoons that was playing hard in the 90s when I was... <laughs> 30 years ago, because they were good. Yeah. They were good. <laughs> so, like, for example, like, I remember watching, because um, on Saturdays, I'd go to my grandma's house. And my grandma would always put on either Cartoon Network or Disney Channel. So I would switch between the two. And one of the ones that I would always see in the morning 
was uh, like five o'clock. It would be like nothing but straight up old school Mickey Mouse cartoon. You were at your grandmother's house at five in the morning, mm-hmm. and she lets you watch TV. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my remember like yo, yeah, grandma, go to the couch, go back to sleep yeah. until I'm ready to get up. Yeah, because my mom had to work, so she would drop me off at her house, and they slept with the TV on though. So I would just so she did. Watch <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's like, so, you go watch this. Yeah. I'm gonna go back to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I would watch straight up Mickey Mouse cartoons, and then right after that, it would be um, Ducktales, and um, <gasps> such good, and then Chip and Dale, and then Rescue Rangers, yeah. <laughs> and um, then they start playing like all the kids stuff. So like the Big Bear, Blue Blue House, and all that stuff. Um, but I like I, Little Bear. What's wrong with Little Bear? Little Bear was like, it put me to sleep. Oh, <laughs> you're rude. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I, had a, I have an episode of that show that sticks out in my mind. It was so, so relaxing, far. though, as I got a little, like, when I was in middle school, they were still playing it for my brother, and I mm-hmm. they used to watch it. And after a long ass day in school, you watch Little Bear <laughs> after dinner, yo. That's like meditation right there. <laughs> he said night, night. <laughs> real. No, it was a very soft, uh, like a softer animation style that was, it was kind of relaxing. But even the cartoon in itself was really like soft. Like nobody really was loud or anything like that. No, you guys remember, real. have you guys ever remembered the, or you might remember it. The one where Little Bear met the, the blue whale. Mm-hmm. That was a really that was a really deep episode. Yeah. He like told him the story of his the life. Shoot, he went out mm-hmm. to like this outcrop that overlooked like a cliff. Mm-hmm. And down at the cliff, this massive blue whale surfaced, and he was talking to it. And apparently, it was talking back to him. It was telling him the story of its life, and he would share his life to the to the whale. And after a little while of this conversation, he starts talking about his family, and then up surfaces this pod of blue, massive, massive pod of blue whales. And he's like, "Wow, these are such big creatures!" And they all went their separate ways. It's a really deep and relaxing episode. It was like almost no turmoil. Really? No. <laughs> I, was, I was too little to be high. He was like, it was so deep. It was, dude, it was, it was, it was, it was too young to be high. So <laughs> that's how I knew it was. Yeah. But that was just for my morning time. And then in the afternoons were usually Cartoon Network. So I had a lot of uh, Samurai Jack, a lot of oh, Gully and Mandy, a lot Codename of... Kids uh, Next Door. Kid, yeah, Kid Next Door, <laughs> Kent Laszlo, all that type of stuff. I, I used to watch all those. Yeah, the and, good um, cable package. Yeah, <laughs> right? Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't allowed to change that damn channel. All my favorites were PBS because it was free. No, listen. <laughs> PBS, PBS was only when I went Nick to the laundromat. WB. <laughs> we don't go past 47. <laughs> What's 52? Yeah, WB. That was, a, that was 11, yo. That was the good channel. And you get music videos at nighttime. What? Uh, yes. What? <laughs> I used to love that shit. So I used to stay up late to see them. <laughs> so, yeah, that's pretty much what I was into. Um, those two channels. Um, my favorite of the bunch was most definitely um, the... the it's, it's, it's between Duck... It was between DuckTales and when the animated Spider-Man used to come on. Oh, yeah, that was a really because, good one. Because I, I, I even had, like, the DVD when it came out, and I used to just watch that straight up. And, yeah. So it was between Spider-Man for the Disney stuff, and then um, for the Cartoon Network channel, I would probably... What did I like the most? It's hard because Saturday night was freaking tsunami, <laughs> and then it, it just got real after that. And yeah, then that the was, whole day was just packed with just good ass cartoons. Like, they would even play Dragon Ball Z too. I don't Cowboy know. Cowboy Bebop sometimes at like six thirty in the afternoon. See, this I, conversation is why I, I refuse to let my kids have like cable television growing up. 
Because this is what I would do. I would have sat at home and watched TV all day, all long, day long and never did anything. Especially now that they have like Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network where it's cartoons all day long. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't leave the house. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I don't know. To me, I don't I, I don't know because I'm used to our cartoons and just like the content is like way different than what it was back then. Cartoons now are crazy. Yeah, they're yeah. like they're a little too much. Oh, like, yeah. It's, it's, over, too, it's overstimulating. Oh, over, mm-hmm. it's like too much. Especially what they be talking about. That's like when we when we used to ha- watch cartoons I feel like it used to be like like they used to be stupid the characters used to be stupid and dumb but like they weren't like really dumb like these characters now are just straight up dumb dumb <laughs> I know what you mean yeah mm-hmm. yeah characters had intelligence even though they were involved with slapstick comedy with mm-hmm. our cartoons mm-hmm. growing up there was a lot of those jokes that like flew over your head as a child. Yeah. But if you go back, you go back as an adult, adult like, oh, you're dying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're dying. Like, oh, was I supposed to be watching that? <laughs> Y'all remember Cow and Chicken? Yeah. Hell yes. That was one that like my dad wouldn't let my younger sister watch that. Yeah. He would, he would let me There's watch There's a it. lot of people that are like that. I, I never understood why. all of that stuff until I got older. There were so that, many cartoons that like I wasn't allowed to watch. Yeah. And I, like, my younger, cartoon, what's wrong? My younger sister wasn't allowed to watch Rocco's Modern Life. I remember he was I, a sex worker yeah he worked he worked he was a phone sex worker mm-hmm. and I, I like my dad had I watched an I episode of it modern life. it's I, coming back I watched an episode with my dad and it, it embarrassed the fuck out of me because he's sitting there in this office and this poster in front of him says talk sexy he's just going yeah 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, hey, Eva. <laughs> it just takes up the phone. It's like, oh my god, I watched this with my dad. <laughs> Red and Stimpy was so perverted. Yes, yes. Uh, it was really. But that bad. didn't was come really on deep. when we were supposed to be watching TV. No, yeah, that's not. No, not until later. Not until later. Later than they put it on television TV. Like uh, that I wasn't, wasn't allowed to watch late night TV. No, Ren yeah, and Stimpy started, started off, they started off like at, a more adult. Yep. Yeah, and then it, they it, moved. It was it like to the Adult Swim of the eighties, yeah. yeah, or early nineties, or whatever. You know, they eventually switched it over in the morning. Yeah, they eventually switched it over to a daytime slot. I remember it. Like, but because I was that, allowed to watch by that. By the time Ren and Stimpy was put on regular time, it was TV itself was already fucked up. So it was like, oh, your kids have already seen way worse. So it's a- <laughs> <laughs> they seen the unedited version of the show. So I guess we could play it in the daytime. Yeah. But when it first came out, it it was like The Simpsons. The Simpsons came on the Tracy Ullman show. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was not for children. Yeah. It was no. a 10 minute skit for adults to be like, oh, ha, 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 ha. we would watch the Tracy Ullman show. And when The Simpsons would come on, my mom would make us go to the room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Like, like seriously. I, I legit makes, don't even remember makes, any wow. of the Tracy Ullman show. Yeah. God, I don't remember anything she did. I remember yeah. The Simpsons. Oh, cool. see, I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons <laughs> part of it. Like, my mom was like, no, because we saw the first one. And she yeah. was like, no, yeah. never again. <laughs> yeah, they used, they used to send me to the same thing, too. They used mm-hmm. to send me, like, out of, the, out of the living room. But then I never understood it because one day I had watched it when nobody was watching. And I was like, <laughs> this isn't even bad, so why can't I watch it? Yeah. And they were like, nah, nigga, you're too little. Get but the but it wasn't that bad because you didn't get it. Yeah, I think yeah. that's probably why. <laughs> and then eventually <laughs> yeah. it got more popular and they made it a regular show and they tamed it down a lot. Mm-hmm. And then I seen how the comparison at that time they, I can compare them to Family Guy, mm-hmm. so like they were like almost the same. Mm-hmm. So. Family Guy was life changing. I don't care 
We were Favorite. allowed to. No, that I wasn't allowed I was, to watch Family, family Guy. guy I don't let my I don't let my children watch Family Guy. My son can not. quote Family An Guy American for fucking date him. <laughs> no, like, I swear to my God, kids are not allowed like, to watch that American show. Nope, yeah. that either. That's rough. What show? American, Seth, American Dad. Dad. Oh, yeah. Seth MacFarlane's other show. Because Julian comes home with, oh, Mom, let's watch it. I'm just like, nah, where do you watch it. this stuff no, at? you're not watching that. No. His dad's you house. Like, probably. <laughs> probably. Mm-hmm. No, you're not watching it here. No. Oh, I bet for my kids. <laughs> like, when my ex when my ex and I were together, the kids just couldn't watch it flat out. They had no cable in their room. The cable was in the living room. And they could watch shows with us, but everything in their room was DVDs and they had an old school Nintendo and like an old school Sega. That was it. And they read. But that was it. That was just games and stuff. And then after dad and I separated, I didn't have cable for the longest time. So everything they peeped was at their dad's house. And now it was just after a while, it was like he could quote Family Guy. So I'm like, well, fucking just watch it. Like, what am I supposed to say now? If you could quote the damn show. I can't tell you not to watch it. I just look like an asshole at this point, you know? So I I remember thinking shows like South Park weren't that bad. And then I was at some convention conference or whatever, and they were talking about how bad television was becoming. And the guy started reading the actual dialogue of Kenny. No, No, he says, fuck. Yo, his language is insane. Yes. Yes. Now wait, I get wait, why they wait. What he really says? When yes. 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 And you can understand like sometimes. Yes. Yeah, I was gonna you can definitely understand what he says. The words he's saying. <laughs> Even though it sounds like it's all mumbling, yeah. there actually is like a legit script. Every time, I swear to God, every from. interaction he Kenny ever had with worst. with Cartman is always you fat piece of shit. Like yeah. I swear, it's, it always starts just like that. It's so yeah. weird. No matter how casual. No matter if he's like, "Hey, what's going on, you fat piece of shit?" It's all the time. I was like. What the fuck? But he's supposed to be like the fattest one in the fucking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, favorite Saturday really? morning cartoon. Yes, that's true. Favorite songs, favorite themes. Um, damn, I watched a lot of TV. <laughs> Cartoon wise, yeah, I have a lot of cartoons. I was a Nickelodeon fan for real. I I I love Nickelodeon. I love Red and Stimpy. I like Rocko's Modern Life, but. I'd have to go with like the Rugrats. Yes, I knew and you were a Rugrats fan. Hey Arnold and Doug. Yo, Doug. Doug was nice. Like and with Franklin. Uh, hey, it's Franklin. Come at your house. <laughs> I remember that yeah. show. Ugly <laughs> 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 little turtle. I thought he was, he was not ugly. Was not ugly. His parents were ugly as fuck, though. Yeah. <laughs> he just looked like he had soft edges. His parents literally had boils over the whole goddamn body. Ew. Go out and play. So yeah. look at your They're turtles. They're like hundreds of years old. Man. <laughs> His parents was weird looking. Yeah, Franklin was alright, right? That was weird. My that. favorite character from Little War- from Little Bear was probably Duck. Because Duck was very much like me. She was kind of awkward. She couldn't make jokes for shit. No, she was terrible at making jokes. I remember that. Terrible at making jokes. And the one joke she ever made that was funny that everybody actually laughed was like, are you all white? Because somebody got paint knocked all over them who wasn't white and we were all white. That is so low-key racist. That is funny. It came out, are you all white? And everybody 
everybody laughed and she said it was at the end of an episode I remember that was a fucking oh man (laughs) (laughs) you remember that joke 20 years later that's how (laughs) much you like that show (laughs) you all white know who the audience is (laughs) that was funny Oh man! <laughs> yeah, Pippi Longstocking. <coughs> that was Pippi the cartoon Long- or the movie. The movie. Yes. The cartoon was alright, but I like the movie. Redhead girl. You wanna know. That was my shit. <laughs> yeah. Does anyone remember? That's too far. That's too far. He said, "Who said what?" <laughs> the Adventures of Anna and Munchausen. Mm-hmm. Do you remember uh-huh. that? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's all repeat. repeat to me, episode. it was like Pippi Longstocking, but like on drugs. Yeah, it was. Oh shit! It, it, was, yes, it was. Wait, what's weird, it called? The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. Yep. Like mm-hmm. Munchausen, like the the syndrome. The syndrome. Yeah. Oh. It was yeah. really. It was a really weird, weird show. Well, yeah. If he had Munchausen, yeah, we watched it <laughs> torturing like himself and doing all. Yeah, yeah right. I had Clifford. Yeah. I, had Clifford. Was I cool. remember watching Clifford <coughs> and Garfield. I liked Garfield so much. I named my first pet Garfield, Aww. and my first pet was an orange tabby cat. <laughs> <laughs> and my my dog that passed away like Loved a year ago. Garfield. His name his name was Odie. What's what's the word for was it kaiju? Kaiju. For like the large creatures? Yep, that's kaiju. Do you know Clifford's considered a kaiju? <laughs> it fucking should be. You know how big that goddamn thing is? <laughs> In like the encyclopedia or whatever oh, Wikipedia. <laughs> Clifford is a kaiju. kaiju. That's a fucking alien. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Hey, you, you ever seen a dog that big? <laughs> you ever seen... Right. <laughs> goddamn. And his red. Right. right. And he sits next to the house. Russell Godzilla, yo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mama Bear. I'm really old, so I watched my favorite show was Fraggle Rock. Fraggle Rock. Ooh, and dinosaurs, not the mama. Oh yeah, I watched dinosaurs. Yeah, no, your face, your face. Yo, shut. You are not that much older than me. Like, what the freak? I mean, Fraggle Rock She's was... trying to make it seem like she's a century older than me. Yeah, you're not that much older than me. I'm 33 years old. Four years makes a big difference. Four years is not that <laughs> much. I'm going to put you in your knees. For TV, were you allowed to watch My So-Called Life when it came out? Yes, Probably I watched not. My So-Called Life, but I didn't like it. <laughs> oh, okay. Because you're too young to understand. Exactly. <laughs> There's a lot of shows I didn't like. Fuck you, Isaac. Did you know what the freaks and geeks My My So-Called Life, if you ask, I'm old. Freaks and Geeks? Freaks and Geeks. But yeah, Fraggle Rock, Fraggle Rock was my I shit. I preferred to watch Alex Mack and things nice. of that nature. Yeah, so she was a girl. She was very much into science and like she she did something to herself by accident and she used to be able to liquefy herself yep. and, and move through. Whoa, wait, I have no me. Yeah. I yeah, so that. shut your oh. face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. for that. <laughs> Uh, you suck. <laughs> I liked. A Ghostwriter was really big. Yo, that was my shit. You remember that show? Ghost Even Ghost though the rap in the beginning was not, not like no, it wasn't like no. the superhero. Yeah. It was like a mist. It was like a mystery. Was like a mystery. Writer with a W. It was a mystery show. It was like a paranormal mystery kid show, and it was really, it was really <laughs> intense. Like it was, it was a really neat. Was it was a neat show right. when I was a kid. 
Can I be super horny? Did anybody else watch Reading Rainbow? I did. Of course. Yo, Lamar Burton is like my fucking hero, okay? And Gala Gala Island. I was going to say that. Gala Gala. See, but that wasn't my show. That was my little sister's shows. So I watched it with them. I mean, it's not that I didn't love it, but it was like their generation time of like shows. And that they was the first, was so that was the first black family I've ever seen on TV. Until after. I had to. I forget she was prog, yo. Yeah, no, you might be right. Aside from like, I don't know, how many black people. I, do. I don't know where the fuck they were, but there was way too many black people for where they were at. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's three white kids. They're on the island. Well, then why are there three white kids and five black people? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kidnapped two. Charlize Theron is from South Africa. That's, okay? well, that's why I There's a couple from. of white people everywhere. That means, yeah. that means that's how the black people starts. Right. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I remember finding out island. she was South African. Yeah, I was amazed. <laughs> they gentrified as fuck. Also, like, um, Ginger. There's a show about a teenage girl. Her name was Ginger. And there was a, it was a, oh, I can't remember. I remember the opening theme song is uh, the grass is greener on the other side. It was like a you you should check it out. It was a really good show. It sounds very white. He was about to say it was a really white show. He stopped himself. I would watch like He Man and Voltron and GI Joe and. Ronin Ronin Warriors. Oh, dude. Uh, I ran was a theme song of that show. Remember that? <laughs> Fucking wild. Ten years later was when VR Troopers. We are VR. I thought that, was, that, was I thought that one sucked, though. No, I thought it was great. Nah, I thought that one sucked. The monsters were wild. Oh, really yeah, Power Ranger fan. Um, yeah. I like VR Troopers, but Power Rangers, Tommy was the sexiest yeah. man in the whole world. I He's a the beast. That started now. her white <laughs> Yo! Tony Danza is just as ethnic as we are. He's okay, Sicilian, but when I was little Italian, and watching, watching the balls, I didn't know that. Um, he was just a hot dad yeah. and he was white. Overall. Oh, Overall, my favorite like Saturday morning cartoon, Gargoyles. Yes. That was another early nineties cartoon. Forever. Yeah. Gargoyles was. It, I mean, there was there were lessons in the show, which I thought mm-hmm. was really dark cool. For me. It was I, really dark. I was scared to watch that show. It was, was really dark. Yeah. I mean, the characters were lighthearted. Oh, Just the setting baby. was really dark. No, he was probably he literally like a baby. Seven <laughs> he said it's just so gargoyles. I'm not like you, gargoyles. They come out in the daytime. They like um, statue. I watch these daytime. I can't watch them transforming shit. I go to sleep at eight o'clock. That shit was scary. Especially in that room I was in. All the windows were shut. I love scary. No light in that bitch. It was always like storming in the show. That one originally came on as an after-school show. It was Tailspin, Darkwing Duck, yeah, Disney Rangers, the Disney Afternoons, yeah, Gummy Bear. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, oh man, there's so many good we used shows. To run in home. That School got out at like two forty-five, and we were running to the house to be there by three o'clock. I used because to yeah, Gummy Bears was like the first one on, and if you Gummy missed it, bears. I was a weird kid. I didn't run home to watch cartoons. I ran home to watch like Julia Child <laughs> and Yan Can Cook. I did too. <laughs> I used to watch Yankee Dude, Cook. I like I would I be every day. Every day. If, <laughs> every if day, my uncle so. had the day off and I didn't know it, I'd be pissed when I got home because he'd be taking over the TV watching shit. Mm. And I couldn't learn to cook from Julia Child. I'd be pissed. This is the show that you can't remember. It's called As Told by Ginger. It's weird. 
Yep, I know it. I just needed to see it. I remember <coughs> when I, I remember when I was a kid. I was watching that with my sisters, yeah. and they, my yeah. older sister, could not believe that they said. Is she the, one on of the, the girls from the Wild Thornberries? No, no. no. Um, <laughs> it's the same animators, but there was yeah. there was an episode where she uh, <laughs> she got like she got she was in a bathroom and she was trying to talk to this kid. And she sees her name on the girl's stall, and it says Ginger is quick. And my older sister was like, "Turn the TV off." <laughs> <laughs> Yo, she saw it. She was like, "Turn it off. I don't want to see it." <laughs> it's like, what the fuck does that mean? Later on, like completely benign to the fact that they just said this girl's a horror. They slept that something <laughs> yeah, in, in every did, cartoon. Yeah. Was every fun. cartoon uh, had something. It's like somewhere. the penis on top of the mer- the the uh, Little Mermaid box. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That they had to like Yo, edit and fucking I have remove. One. <laughs> yeah, to the back. I, when I was like twelve, right? Mm, I, I yeah. was really interested in learning about all those like little subliminal messages about Disney, right? And I watched this fucking video on YouTube about like every single one, and I don't know mm. why. But in the video, they had like some really creepy ass mm-hmm. music. I mm-hmm. didn't want to watch shit anymore. I felt like like I was being watched by the government. It was like some, <laughs> I thought it was some uh, Illuminati. Like a heart surgery. Yeah, yeah, like, I thought it was some Illuminati X. shit. I was like, X. I'm good. <laughs> close, close, yeah, close, 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 close. Control, I believe. Control, I believe. It's good. I, don't know, I, I feel like some some of those stuff could be good. real, but I feel like a lot of them is just people wanting to spin things. They just need their fifteen minutes. I don't know. If you go back and actually look at all the Disney yeah. stuff, like she said, like she still has the cover where there's some penis on the front. In Lion King, there it says X E X in the clouds. There's there's all kind of stuff. There's a Mickey Mouse cartoon where there's a conveyor belt and he's making cheese. He's making Swiss cheese by sticking it in his crotch. He goes. Yeah, he goes. He takes it. I remember that. He takes it off the line. And then yeah, that's right there. That's how Mickey Mouse makes Swiss cheese. Those cartoons were jacked up. Same thing. Well, real quick. The same thing with the Little Mermaid part. If you watch the part where she gets married to the guy, mm-hmm. if you look at the pastor or the guy or whatever who gets the married. Not wearing pants. He has a boner. No, he's mm-hmm. he's got a boner. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! It's weird. It's weird mm-hmm. as fuck. Yeah. All, all kinds of little shit. Mm-hmm. All right, that's enough weirdness. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> we have messed up times. It was drawn weird. Like <laughs> we're done. We'll be right back, folks. <laughs> it was like a band episode. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Um, during the break, we got a little giggly, a little silly. <laughs> we're going to try to wind it back in to be a little serious this time around. We're going to talk a little bit about childhood traumas and opening up. Now, this is piggybacking more or less off of the last episode, but even more so for me because I had a legitimately five-hour conversation with my sister the other night bought up a lot of old stories we were talking about what it means to go through those traumas and go through all that pain and somehow still make it kind of yeah, elton john i'm still standing that's yeah, like the rocket man dope, tickets right? on the fucking oh yeah we went to- <laughs> <laughs> I saw him. but even then like all right so right now one of our little like traditions lately is we once the kids are in bed we go back to the back room and we watch pose nice that's cool I love it. I was we cry at really, every really cool. fucking episode. We usually can only stand to watch one, one per episode. night. Yeah, yeah. Like, we can't watch the whole thing. <coughs> and it's not just because the storytelling is good. It's not just the story itself. But it's also because it delves a lot into our childhood and some issues that we had growing up and some traumas. And, like, there are instances where there's something happening on a screen that actually happened to us and we just start crying. 
And that's what made me think about it. So between that and then my sister coming over and talking about her childhood traumas and trying to get past everything, I'm like, damn, this is kind of why we started this podcast to begin with, because yeah. it was supposed to be a safe place for people to talk about things all that the bullshit. Allowed, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because more often than not, we go through so much shit in our life and we never talk about it. And then one day we're sitting in a movie theater and we start busting out crying because there's a trigger. There's something mm-hmm. that makes us remember something and we still haven't gotten it off our chest, so to speak. So, again, with the hopes that everyone at the table is committed enough or open enough and comfortable enough to talk about some real deep shit, here we are. <coughs> so, my podcast, my house, I don't mind going first because... I mean, I love each and every one of you. There's nothing I won't tell you. Nigga, my list is big. I'll <laughs> <laughs> let you know that. My list is right big too, now. but I'm trying to boil it, boil it down to Kill a couple. Really, I'm points. trying to boil it down to just one because I think for me, this is probably the one that I've carried with me the longest. Mm-hmm. It took me until I was 20 to even talk about it. Mm-hmm. So when I was 19, I decided to go into the military. Mm-hmm. So I was pretty young pretty fit pretty healthy so i started this little tradition where like before going to boot camp i was going to get jacked up i tried to do the same thing to make sure the boot camp didn't beat me (laughs) i tried to do the same thing so i started exercising like crazy i started running like 10 miles a day and i kind of made this path from my house up by glenside all the way down to the river by like fifth and willow Mm -hmm. and that was like i made this little route around the city and i tried to make it fun by like stopping at like so-and-so's house for two minutes just to say hi every day stopping over here stopping over here and one of these houses i would stop at was an an uncle of mine and at some point in you know maybe a couple weeks of training exercising i decided i was going to bring it up so between the ages of three and seven i was molested by this uncle Mm -hmm. as if that wasn't bad enough the only reason it stopped is because another uncle of mine that lived in the house happened to walk in on it. Mm-hmm. Instead of all the things that you wish would have happened, I got yelled at. I got beat up. The uncle that walked in on it, then, you know, whenever he got drunk, I was the faggot in the corner. I was the one, you know, he would always kind of pick on because of this. And I'm still, I'm pretty young, so I didn't think anything of it other than I must have done something wrong. So I held it in for a really long time, never talked about it, never told anyone about it, because to me, somebody knew, and at least it stopped. Mm-hmm. Whatever. <coughs> so here I am, like 20, exercising like crazy, and I'm going by this guy's house every day, because in my head, I moved past it. And I decided that if I was going to go into the military and kind of start my life, that I needed to start fresh. Mm-hmm. So I was going to talk to him about it. I was going to bring it up, tell him that, you know, it happened... I know what happened. I remember it happening. And I kind of wanted to go in really fresh. So my going into it was more of a I forgive you kind of conversation. Mm-hmm. And instead, I got the I don't know what you're talking about. That never happened kind of thing from him. So I was pissed off and I was angry, but it took me maybe a couple of days to just get over it because for me, at least I already forgave him. So for me, that was moving forward. I was mm. good. I was fresh. Now this is your demon to deal with, more or less. <coughs> so some life passes by. This is like another 10, 15 years later. This same uncle 
I start getting messages from family members telling me that this is happening to him and that's happening to him. He's sick, he's in the hospital, he just had like a foot amputated, now he has cancer and all this is happening, this is happening. And I'm trying to be there for my family just because they love him and care for him and they want him to be okay. Mr. But Listen, in yourself. the back of my head, I'm yeah. thinking, I don't give a fuck. That what he deserves. <laughs> I've dirt. been done with this thing a long time ago. Not even like trying to make a joke out of it, but like you said, karma's a bitch. In my head, I was kind of laughing because here's this child molester uncle of mine who now has testicular cancer. Mm. I was like, that's irony. exactly I'm sorry. I'm what the, the fuck you get. Yeah, the irony. Mm-hmm. So to me, here I was thinking I spent the last 10 years at peace with it and done with it. But now that he's in my face again and all my family's constantly talking about it, I realized that I wasn't fully at peace with it because I was still irked by it and still kind of sort of hurt and angry. So at some point, the other uncle that walked in on us passed away. And I didn't realize it until then how angry I was at him because I refused to go to his funeral. And I kept making excuses for why I didn't go. But once I sat back and thought about it, I I know why I didn't go because I was angry at him because even though it stopped the molestation, it made me feel even worse because he made me feel bad about it. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it does. Absolutely. So, I'm, I mean, I'm 36 now, and I say that, <coughs> excuse me, I say that I'm good with it, but I know there's still little bits and pieces of me that aren't really at rest just yet. No, do you need to be the villain as a victim? Yeah, like, and it sucks. <coughs> and then I realized part of the reason I was still feeling that way was because I never told anyone about it. I never said anything about it. So at some point, you know, I have a sister messaging me telling me that the woman who hurt the you know, child molester uncle is about to go to jail for his death. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to just be like, oh, you know, I'm glad at least, you know, justice is being served. I wanted to say that. But instead, I was like, you know what? Listen, this is the dude that molested me for like four years. Nobody did anything about it. Nobody knew anything about it. I'm sorry I didn't bring it up before. But honestly, I really don't care. Mm-hmm. He's dead. I'm a survivor, quote unquote. <laughs> you don't really have to talk to me about this dude yeah, at this, all. This, this serves no dominion over me yeah. anymore. It doesn't help me. It doesn't hurt me. It doesn't help him. If you need to have whatever's happening in your life happen, then keep it to you. I don't really need to know anything about it. And that's when I got into the whole conversation of like, oh my God, why didn't you tell anybody? Why didn't you this? And I'm like, yeah, I was like five. Mm-hmm. Not really like something that yeah. it's a common thought for a five-year-old. <laughs> One, I didn't know it was wrong. Two, it stopped because somebody made it stop. <clears throat> and three, like, you're five. And it's kind of sort of something that, at the time, you think feels good. I didn't know any fucking better. Mm-hmm. But, like I said, it's one of those things where, unless you really do sit down and think about it, and sit down and talk about it, or find some kind of real peace with it, it's always going to be there. So I totally understand why people go to therapy. Mm-hmm. And even if you don't go to therapy, I understand why people confide so much in therapy. No, just in friends mm. or in partners. And oh, yeah. I understand what people mean when they really say, like, if you're going to get into a long term serious relationship, you have to be totally willing to bear it all. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, <laughs> you're going to end up, you know, holding somebody's hand at the movie theater and then there's a molestation scene and you're just going to fucking break down crying and they're not going to understand why unless you start <laughs> to talk about it. So for me, <clears throat> that's like I said that's why I started this podcast it was supposed to be a safe place for people to talk about anything and everything and then grow from it so that is 
my biggest piece of the puzzle you know that little hole in your heart that you're always trying to fill kind of thing mm-hmm. that's my little piece of the puzzle that's probably always going to be there but gets a little bit smaller when you put it like that it helped me out with mine I actually just kind of thought about what mine would be is I don't know it's a <clears throat> I don't know I I grew up with a really really like no no like real big traumatizing events happening other than like a lot of loss like we lost uh like, we lost my mom when I was five huh. my older sister was like 13 or 8 my younger sister was like 2 but prior to we were living in like a alright it sounds wild because a lot of people don't fucking believe in the shit but we lived in like a crazy haunted house I'm not talking like uh, uh, Casper I'm talking about like demonically shit was floating around the fucking house like my mom didn't believe in the shit so it's not like it was gonna stop in her eyes and she didn't care because <laughs> it's her house and she didn't like none of that mattered um, so living under complete and utter paralyzing fear every day for years fucked me up. But in the same route, I kind of did deal with it. Eventually, uh, I worked with paranormal investigators and mm-hmm. I wanted to find out what laid beyond the veil, so to speak. So I had a chance to go and like face the fear, more or less. Then uh, another really neat thing is with each loss in the house, it's a little kind of went away. <laughs> Which is crazy. I don't know how any of that works or, or anything like that, but that was definitely something that was traumatizing. Like, I was afraid of the dark for a long time. It wasn't because I was afraid of the dark. I was afraid of what was in the dark. <laughs> Most people were like, oh, yeah, you shit in the dark. The fuck, there isn't. I've seen, I've seen things that cannot be explained. And I searched a long time afterwards to find the fucking answer. Didn't find shit. <laughs> What's the answer? Because I, I used to see that. I used to do that, too. Yeah, man. To share on the after dark part, right? <clears throat> they used to. Um, my mom used to always used to have a lot of like. Uh, she used to do like Mary Kate, but it's not Mary Kate. It's like she used to sell candles instead. Mm-hmm. And like, um, <clears throat> you, uh, she used to always have people come over, and then she would put me into the room to watch movies, and I'd just go to sleep watching movies by myself. But I swear to God, to this day. There was this one time where... Wait, before you go any further, go this is the scariest part about all of this. Mm-hmm. The same thing that fucking tortured me seems to show up in a lot of people's renditions of their past. Okay, it's a dark figure, opaque dark figure that's very tall that goes right to where you are and stops and stares. Now, this is how it works for just about everybody who's been traumatized by the same shit. It scares me because you look like I did. <laughs> that look in your eyes is the same... It, it, it scares me a lot seeing it in other people's eyes. Do you have any kind of experience like that? Um... <laughs> Cause I hear I hear a lot of similar story. It scares me because it's identical. It's not. It's not like that. It's like um. So like, we I was watching this movie, mm-hmm. and it was you know how like back in the day it was to do like the commercials and the all that shit mm-hmm. like coming soon or whatever, and like it showed like the green the green screen and you know how it says the FBI stuff on it like mm-hmm. if you record it, <clears throat> it showed that. And I swear to God, somebody said, yo, Amir. Or, like, said, like, what are you doing? Like, somebody sp- spoke to Spoke me. to you. Yeah. And, like, the screen turned straight up black. And it-, it went from being like that and just just going straight up black. 
for the longest fucking time. Like I used to watch this movie all the time. Like this movie plays through all the time. But the but pause the, is never. But as the long. pause was like forever long. And then it just and then it kind of what you just said. I looked to the left of my window and it looked like there was something because like the window was here and then there was like a fire escape right there. You so like there was a figure there. So it was like the curtains were there too. So I kind of like the way the curtains was blowing because it was really windy that day. And it kind of like looked like a white pasty person, like right fucking there. And like mm. I was like paralyzed for the longest fucking time. Yeah, that kind of stuff and, shakes you to your core. And, man. and then like after that, like. When I woke up, I, I, I like screamed a little bit, and then I just ran outside to see to check on my mom. Same thing happened one time before, but in a dream. And I remember screaming to the top of my lungs when I woke up. Literally, I ran out, I ran out of my room, ran to the living room, screaming again, ran back into my room, <laughs> threw myself on the bed. Yeah, and you fucking, ran down the hallway and, and turned back around and came and back. Just completely <laughs> knocked out after that. Oh. <laughs> I don't know how I did that, but I screamed. Sleep. <laughs> I can't say debilitating fear sleeps like that. You get some good sleep, bro. <laughs> yeah. You sleep real good. But to rewind it back to the other stuff, like, um, I have, like, a couple of same situations as Isaac. Um, and, like, they all were when I was younger. And, like, for the longest time, like, I've always been, like, a really gullible person. So, like, I never really realized what was going on at the time. So when I had went to a couple of those situations, um, not so recently, I really, like, the first one, uh, I never really, I, I don't know, I, I, I'm still, like, kind of, like, dealing with that one, because that one, I never confronted the person about it still, and it's just, like, um, whenever I'm with my other side, they always, like, don't talk about it, but when I'm with my other side, which is, like, mom's side they are always telling me about it and like it happened and it happened to other people too so I'm always like mm, okay but I never confronted him about it um this other one I recently did it and he was and he was apologized about it too with with that situation and that one I feel like completely great about because that one I can remember like this the other one was when I was way too young to really even realize it and since then like um like, I don't know, like, even, like, the way I pushed myself around, I felt like I was really shy when I was going through those stuff. And, like, just with interacting with other people and just, like, um, it was really, like, real awkwardly antisocial, like, a lot. I think I should said that before in that podcast before. Like, I was really, like, really antisocial when I was young, when I was younger, like, in elementary to, like, middle school. Probably you're traumatized, yeah. man. And, like, but... I didn't think I was traumatized, you know. I thought I was it was it was like a regular, regular or I, it didn't even like really bother me until like they just kept like bringing it up, and I just started getting wiser, and I started realizing like what was really going on, and like thinking about it and seeing it through like the mentally and like the psych psychological ways on how it's actually fucking me up, mm -hmm. and I started getting older and I started realizing why when I'm around certain people, they act like certain ways around me or how we interact with each other. And that was just like weird because I always thought I was a cool kid and like I never understood why uh, like certain stuff happened the way it did. So <clears throat> getting older and after um, I was able to confront uh, the other person about it, it, made it really made me feel more confident about myself and I feel like um, 
going through that is kind of like I don't want to say like I'm happy it happened, but like in a way it, it makes you made who you me, are. Uh, like I have like a dignity behind it or mm-hmm. I, I identity kind of behind me, and like I feel like I understand and I'm like a little bit more can get a little bit more deeper with other people that go through that because there's so many people and I'm not trying to knock like fucking mm-hmm. culture but there's so many Hispanic people that have gone through that same those same situations and it's just like uh, it doesn't get talked about yeah it don't get talked about no, it doesn't get it talked don't. about it don't it's more easily forgotten than brought to life. I was talking about how my sister was here the other night and she was talking about how that was going on in her life and the reason she never spoke about it was because she felt like it was her thing. Like it only happened to her. And that's why she never talked about it. And I brought it up to her. I was like, you have no idea. Do you know how many other people didn't talk about it because they thought it was only happening to them? Mm-hmm. You get in a room of, my, of ten people, and eight people will have the same and the same history, the same story. Right. My th- my thing was always that I felt like I was gonna get in trouble. Yo, like, mm-hmm. I always thought like I was gonna get it. I was gonna get in trouble, or I didn't want to see the other person get in trouble either, because I didn't know if I was the one. Because like the way I felt like, like it was gonna be our both of our faults. Mm-hmm. Because I wasn't, I wasn't that young but I wasn't that much older when it happened with the uh, the recent situation it was not really that recent but the last time it happened um, so I was always nervous of that because I didn't want to see the other person get in trouble and I didn't want to get in trouble either or I didn't want anybody to judge judge me that's really what I cared about because mm-hmm. I didn't want like, your judgment's a bitch man any of my parents or any like any guardians I had to look at me a certain type of way because I don't know that shit just feared me but the other person ended up coming out about it slowly, like really slowly. And then I got pressed up about it and I was just like, this, this, this. And it was like completely a different reaction that I thought it was going to be. But I'm glad it I worked out the way it did and it really helped me become a better person. Um, I feel like a little more freer when it comes to like doing things in life and stuff like that. Um, and it was just like a, it was a good eye opener for me, and it was tough, but it is what it is. We're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Yeah. All right, folks, we are back for part two. You've heard from myself. You've heard from Mondo. You've heard from Amir. Ladies. Table's yours. Um. Wait, we're talking about <laughs> traumas. <laughs> traumas. Um. That you've seen. Oh my god! I don't think we have enough time. <laughs> don't That's what I was like. My list is really big. I, I just gave really you guys the biggest one. Time. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> however. Manda, you bring up something very, very... I mean, shit, I probably have a story for every one of your stories. Um, you got scared. Like, the night... Well, I believe that there's... What old people would call a gift and what I'd call a curse. Yeah, I thought it was a curse. I always okay. felt like it was a curse. <laughs> because some people believe in the gift of sight or the gift of hearing and the gift of knowledge and things of that Hindsight, nature. Hindsight, foresight. But 
it doesn't come to you when you're awake like that. Mm-mm. A lot of times it comes to you in your sleep mm-hmm. or it comes to you while you're watching TV or something like it's it's very odd. I know what it feels like to sit in a room and it feels like there's somebody else in that room. And no matter how you try to shake that feeling, mm-hmm. there is somebody, there's somebody there. standing there staring at you. And uh, someone just told me recently that if you wake up in the middle of the night between the hours of it was very specific hours like 157 and 314 somebody is and there's an empty chair in that room somebody's sitting in that chair watching you and that's what (laughs) right take the empty chair out of the freaking room then they have the whole thing mirrors should not be on the wall inside the house that faces outside that's a oh that's a big that's a, no 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 that's a that's that's a big that's a big spanish thing that like we don't we don't because i never move with mirrors it's inviting them, them in them what they, have, they can't normally see right um, right because something about have you ever paid attention to old cartoons and i really want to say it's a betty boot cartoon yes it is that somebody come, it looks like somebody comes in through the window but they didn't come in through the they window came they in came through in through the mirror, mirror that was on the wall next mm-hmm. to the window you and a leg came out first mm-hmm. and they slid a into leg, the room a leg did come out first yep. i hate you so much yeah, I, I, like, I remember i like did come in come out first um i i deal with a lot of outer body dreams like dreams are pr- very scary for me because mm-hmm. if i'm i'm always dying or about to die but I can never actually die. Right. Yeah, same. And right. I can't stop the dream from happening. And I can sit there like I was in jail. I was sitting on my desk and I was watching my body sleep. But in my dream, I was walking down Milksmore Street and then I hung a left on the end of Douglas and went down the alleyway between the dollar store and Bear Park. And for some reason, I started running. And I go to turn around, and there's this dark figure. I can't see anything except for the figure and the gun that he's pointing in my face. And he shoots me. But instead of my body going backwards, my legs come upwards. And it's like I'm going through this orange portal. portal, And I can literally feel my body being sucked. Sucked away. And then I come out on the other side, and I'm again watching myself sleep. Good. But I was already Good. watching myself sleep. You were there I, to begin yeah, with. Yeah, like in, in issues where I've been in the shower and somebody came in, I can feel myself screaming, but my body doesn't wake up. And I can't wake myself up. But no, hell scream. no, you can't wake yourself up. When you're- and nobody hears me screaming. <laughs> nobody in Which my, is the worst. Nobody will ever <laughs> hear me. So I scream so much in my dreams and I can feel my body screaming. Yeah. But there's no sound. There's no noise that out comes out. Mouth. Yes, it's like being, it's no like sound. somebody hit mute right and when you're about to scream. <laughs> nobody ever wait, and I get mad at everybody in the house because I'm like, why the fuck does nobody ever realize when I'm having a bad dream? Nobody ever comes to to wake me up. Paralysis nobody by fear, hears man. you. Nobody hears you. It's odd. It, like it's odd. It's for a long time. It took me a while to get over the whole fact that my dad violated me at six. Then I just turned it into a joke. I give an amazing head. <laughs> Some people are just like, Brittany, that's really sick. What I'm happened was really mechanism. sick. Uh, like, what happened was really sick, but... I mean, I did gain a skill that, you know, is useful. 
<laughs> like it's not. No, it's like my that's, ex- that's my ex's laugh. That's what I went coping with. Is that what you did? That's what I did. <laughs> like it's just how I dealt with it. I turned it into a joke because I couldn't do nothing about it. it. Can't change he would the never, past. He would never admit it. I went to his job as an adult because he worked at Adapt as a supervisor for years. So I went over there after school because I went to YOP when it was still on top of the post office. And I tried to mend our relationship as Mm if I did something wrong. I tried to mend our relationship and I thought it was working and I was wrong. Like it wasn't really working. It wasn't working Mm -hmm. because not too long later, he seen me in a skirt walking from high school. My mom bought me my first skirt outfit. She never buys skirts that are above the knees and stuff. I got a fucking skirt that's above my knee and shows a little cleavage, and I get to wear that it to was high big school. Big for you. <laughs> first, but like, yo, my, my first day in ninth grade, it was the best. I got to wear a colored weave and I matched my outfit. Everything it was so dope. And then I got beat up on the way home by my fucking birth giver father because my skirt was too short and I looked like a hoe. That's not your fucking fight with me, dude. <laughs> like, that's your Go fight, fight her. with my mom. But y- y- you beat me and no one helped. Mm-hmm. And because it's your dad. Mm-hmm. At some point, it happened again. And the cops were called by a friend of mine's father, Rosemary. I'll never forget Rosemary Elmo. Because her dad used to drive the taxi forever. And he called. And the cop was the cop said there was nothing they could do. I didn't understand why my mom sent me with him in the first place. You know that this man violated me and you're going to force me to get in the car with him by myself to go apologize for doing something I don't feel like I was wrong for. Mm -hmm. It's never really been... I don't think any of my relationships have ever really been the same. Because you all force me to do something I don't want to do. When it comes to childhood traumas like that, I think it's especially difficult when it's family because there's so much fear and shame that stays in the family. Nobody ever wants to talk about it. Mm-mm. No one ever wants to deal with it. They certainly don't want to actually deal with it. Like when it comes to like the legal system, no one ever wants to press charges or get someone arrested. They want to keep it in the family and close it down because even though they should be more afraid for you because it's happened to you and you're the one who has to be more afraid it. it's going to ruin the life yeah, of the person they're more involved, afraid of what right? it's going to look like when they and then come back shopping on them. and yeah. a friend of theirs heard of this this and this so they saw An it in the newspaper or face they don't want to deal with that for themselves because they don't want to take on any trauma so they feel like if they sedate it and sedate you that it'll all just magically go away it took my brother killing himself for me to understand that mm-hmm. because my mom kept saying you're just focused on the abuse. You're just focused on the abuse. You're not focused on his death. And then Billy said to me one night, he said, you say I need to know if he did it as if that changes how you feel about him dying. Mm-hmm. Because it does. Like, it took a while because it does. Yes, it should. It, yeah, it, yeah. It, it does. I don't feel grief for you dying. I feel like you took the pussy way out. And that wasn't fair to your daughter. She deserved for you to stand up and be a man. Mm-hmm. You should have you should have given to your daughter what you knew our father should have gave to me. What you what what you watched me struggle with, is what you should have made sure she never had to struggle with. And that's exactly the platter that you just gave her. 
<coughs> because your wife already hates me because you've been pitting your wife against me. I just found out after all these years, you're, you've been, you told fucking girl that I don't like her because she's not black. How many fucking black friends do I have? I'm like, hey girl, are you serious? <laughs> like, are you, she's, you know, for the longest time, she really does think that I don't like her because she's not black. And I had to tell her, like, do you realize I don't have a lot of black friends? Most of my yeah, friends most are, are white, Spanish. Yeah, yeah. Well, when white, you're the one yeah. that's full of guilt or shame or, you know, you're the one that's at fault, it's, it's so line. much easier oh, to make you man. the bad guy than to ever have to make the person Everybody else was the bad guy. And, like, this phone call with her was supposed to... Clear the air. Clear the air. Mm -hmm. Yo, and it really, really muggied it up even more. It's hard for people to believe a lie for so long and then just suddenly, like, no, that's not what happened Some people don't accept it, man. No. No. She's not... I can't expect her to be in an accepting place. Her daughter... She just found out that her daughter was violated and she was there and she didn't know. So... I can't accept her to. I can't accept a, a a flip of the switch. Yeah. That easy for her. That that would be naive of me. Yeah. Um, however, I got a chance <laughs> to tell her like I don't want you to do to her what my mom did to me because what you're doing to her is what my mom did to me. She kept me away from my dad's family. Mm -hmm. She let me believe that they hated me that they didn't believe me. And that's not what's happening. But it was so many years before I found out that it was otherwise. That trying to fix the relationships now just no, it's almost it's awkward and like it, it's awkward. I feel like traumatizing events still happen. You, me, and you fucking have recent so traumatizing like, events. Like, super, I don't know so how do I show my you know like how yeah. do I show my kids to be tight with their family when I can't show them that how you to be can tight be. with their family. Yeah, yeah it's hard to lead by like it's hard I to lead by example when you when you, you can't. You, know I mean? you can't even bring yourself to try and lead by example because it'll fuck you up worse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's a that's a really tough and situation. And it's a harder lesson. You don't want to be like, oh, you have nobody in this world but yourself. And no, you want them to have. You want you them to have. You don't want to give I mean. them that. Oh, well, you make sure you don't count on nobody and you don't need nobody. That's 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 an idea to have, but that's not what you really want to run by. Like, you want to have a support system. You want to know that you have you a support system. You want to be for system. them what you needed when you were a kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's hard. Especially it's when hard. we're still dealing with our own traumas and issues. It's hard to teach them what's the right thing to do. Yeah, I believe I'm from another world. Hey, man, I'll, I'll, as far as I consider it, no one's no one's ready to do those kinds <coughs> of things. You don't get asked if you're ready if you're to do those kinds of things, like teach somebody mm -hmm. things that you wouldn't even really accept or know how to do like right. you just get thrown into this shit just like parenting you you didn't regardless of if you asked for it or you didn't this is what it is this is what you got and this is what you're doing yeah you don't have choices now <laughs> you kind of think even all those an expansive way. and it's weird like i don't understand i'm really jacked that person in the head so i don't really understand like i've seen a martian before sitting on my couch with my mom and I don't even remember what we were watching because some little guy, when I, 339 Hollenbach Street, he just walked out from behind the TV and went upstairs as if it was his house. And we looked at each other and then we never seen him again. What? <laughs> like literally, we never, what? we went upstairs to find him and couldn't find him, but we never seen him again. But a what? little green man came from behind my TV and no one ever saw this except for me and my mom. So they all think that we're crazy. Like I said, I've I, seen a rat mm -hmm. in my basement the size of a person. 
I've seen stuff like that before. <laughs> in the two minutes it took for my dad to actually believe me and then go down to the basement to see if I was telling the truth, there was nothing there. Well, I'm not going in that basement. Now I have a problem. <laughs> I already know what the fuck is down there. Like, you can I go and find I, it. When I go into basements, I look first. I walk Underneath really slow down into be Like, I don't fuck with basements like that. Don't do it. Can't do it. Do you watch a little nigga walk out from behind? And- <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm having a hard time essentially that one. I found out if that I saw our that house shit, that would blow my mind. Box Street was in the the Berks County uh, book of haunted houses. Our house is in that book. So it was mine when I was growing up. And I uh, didn't know. Charles but Adams. I used to lay in the back room. Charles Adams, know. the guy who wrote that. I didn't read it. My mom read it. I was I, like nine. I worked with him. And he he she, helped me. The only reason she <laughs> read it is because I was in the back room. And I used to be able to look out onto the wall and shadows cast everything, but there wasn't anything in my room to cast a shadow, to cast a shadow. So the wall outside in the hallway that you can see through my doorway, there would be a picket fence and there was a little boy and there was a little girl and they had a little dog and they used to play in the yard all the time. There's no because there's no lawn on Hollenbach Street. It's a hill and sidewalk and the yards are not really all that big. There's no fences either. I ain't never seen a fence so on that I fucking street. I used to watch them on the wall and play. It That's used to weird. relax me to lay in the bed and I would just watch them. At least that was a comforting thing. Nothing I, I ever had it, was comforting. I would just watch them. When I moved into my house on Fidelity Street, the one prior, mm-hmm. there was always a figure in my kitchen in front of my dishes. Mm-hmm. And... Eventually, I had to tell him to leave after I asked my mom, like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Because Zakari would stare. She'd sit in the middle of the dining Look room floor him. and just, yeah, stare in that back corner. And eventually, I told him that we was going to have to share this house, but I'm not going nowhere. And I never seen him again. You I can feel him. Yeah. I talk I to houses him. whenever we go into them. I thought Andrew was going to think I was crazy. We went to go look at a house the other day. And we knew it was empty, but we weren't sure. So we took a while to like walk around the house and look at things. And at one point we were like, we really like this house. So I like went over to like, you know, hug, hug her from behind. And I'm looking at the house and I'm talking to it in my head. And, you know, those old school candle decorations that people put in their windows. Mm-hmm. The one fucking candle came on in this house that's empty as fuck. Shouldn't even have electric or anything. And like at the point I'm thinking and it came on. And I was like, they said it's all right. And, and I said it and then I was like oh shit she's gonna be fucking nuts <laughs> and I was like alright just go with it so yeah I talked to houses and there's something <laughs> up in so there I said it's okay by the way <laughs> before the baby comes let me let you know I speak house but just I say I've done it my entire life it's lost language like <laughs> Latin but you know more whenever I move into a new house or if I'm looking at a house to move into it I talk to it first to see if anybody is there and if they're okay with us coming in there the, our last house I, I think I told you my sister when she came home from Switzerland she sat in my basement to do a podcast with me and when, the first time I pushed pause she was like there was something in that fucking corner and I was like I know don't even worry about it she's good and she just looked at me like nigga you could have told me before we started this shit we could have did the podcast upstairs in the living room but there was something in that corner and there it's not leaving and I was like don't worry about it I've been here for like a year. We're good. Not interested in you. <laughs> She's just nosy. That's all. Yeah. By, uh, Maybe nosy as hell, too. We were, we were in a place on the south side, and my niece, this is really, this is still trying to traumatize into me, but I used to watch my niece, and she was little. No fucking way she knew what this was. 
She used to always uh, stare at, like, it was a chair very similar to that. It was in, like, a corner, like, over here by a window. My sister would put a chair there, and then my niece and my nephew were always, like, standing, staring at it, like, talking to the chair. And I always thought that they were talking to each other. And then I'll never forget, my niece was just like, the old lady says for us to stop running around. And I was like, what do you mean the old lady says? She was like, she's wearing a shawl. Don't you see her? I was like, the fuck mm. do you know what a shaw is? <laughs> and that was that was really scary that she, she was like, she told me it's a shaw. I asked what it was. And I was like, stop talking to her. <laughs> Don't talk to her anymore. What I want you to do is come over here and play. And I'm going to go burn shade to that corner. She's going to go away. <laughs> I her. buy the siege and I never take the time to burn the siege. Well, now you're stocked up. No, that means you're not ready. <laughs> I mean, you're stocked up. <laughs> Chicken hits the fan. You're gonna need it. Where I come I from, don't we like believe you very it means much, you're not Mr. ready. <laughs> <laughs> but I love you, and I'll always be honest with you. It means you're not ready to let go of whatever's there or whoever's mm. there. You haven't spoken to them enough. Yeah, you've been traumatized by the macabre. Sounds like you can face the fuck out of no, it. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, me and you, me and you are on the same level. I'm yo. good with it. Well, I talked about inviting demonic enemy into the oh, subway. Yeah, he's the only. He's the only person. The only person I said anything to. And I was just like, I feel like playing a game, an old game, and I talked about it. And he was the only person who was like, "Fuck yeah!" I was like, "You know, it's a ritualistic summoning of a fucking a demon. Like you're inviting evil shit to where you are." He's like, oh, "Okay, Let's give it a shot. Drive my house." My strong. I was like, "Fuck yeah!" <laughs> my heart's strong. I'm good. Yeah. And we were talking about like baby stuff the other day, with her being pregnant now kids that don't like people don't like you know adults they will not leave me the fuck alone they know they know there's something it's there so the weird. energy's there the spirit is there and they want to come say hi wait it's other cute kids? like little little ones <laughs> like little if kids? i had a baby and like my baby doesn't like strangers you know or like you have a dog and all the dog doesn't like her. people when there's a pregnant woman suddenly everything is good it's, like a, it's, it's like a light in the room and shit yeah mm-hmm. Dogs suddenly, my our cat. All of a sudden, just my cat it. doesn't like people. Never did. We've had to try to keep yeah. try to sneak into our room so many times, and I <coughs> keep kicking him out of the room because mm-hmm. you just don't want the cat in the room. He's he's black. We got like purple and white sheets everywhere, you know. Like, and yeah, but he won't leave me alone. He stays in my in my in my studio all day. If I lay down, I wake up. He's curled up, like not on my stomach, but near mm-hmm. my stomach. Like, he just, he don't want to leave me alone. It's cute. I like it. <laughs> All right, folks. One more quick break. And we got a little more stories to tell. We are back. Continuing the art of storytelling. Sharing deep personal stories. Hoping we can get past it learn from it and help anyone else that needs to hear it story time continues so it's my turn mm-hmm. um i'm 37 now i think i spent the first 25 years of my life wishing i was a boy um i never wanted to be a girl I didn't understand why there were certain parts on me that didn't belong. Um, I remember trying to tell my mom when I was really little that there was just something wrong and I wasn't supposed to be this way. And I got 
smack my face for it. Jesus. Um, I come from a very strict Spanish Pentecostal family. We spent 28 hours on Sunday in church. Jesus. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, we weren't allowed to wear skirt. I mean, like pants. I remember wearing jeans at my grandmother's house and her beating me with her cane, telling me that I was going to hell because um, I wasn't ladylike enough. Um, I remember my aunt found me looking at girls when I was like four and beat the fucking shit out of me. Um, I tried cutting all my hair off. They didn't like that. They sent me to etiquette classes and forced me to wear all these fucking ridiculously girly clothes my mother stood there and made me paint my bedroom the most disgusting tinkerbell fucking pink um and threw all my gi joes away and i hated every fucking second of growing up and living and then there was the christian camps where the people would stand and pray over me and tell me how wrong I was and how I, feel like I was that's like torture. going to hell. That's like ritualistic life. torture. It's it really is fucking ridiculous. Um, and even I thought so. Like I had this gay uncle that lived with his best friend. <laughs> you can't see my quotation marks. Um, and I thought like, okay, so if I tell my uncle, then it's okay because he's obviously not normal. You know, um, and he damned me and he told me that I was wrong because being gay was one thing, but thinking I was a boy and wanting to change my name and grow, like, I would pray for a penis so bad. <laughs> I still pray for it. I would, pray, I would pray for a penis so bad and my brother had one and he was such a fucking pussy. <laughs> it, it, it infuriated me it, it infuriated me and I had this friend named Jason and he was like one of my bestest friends and he was so open about who he was and he told no mommy I don't want G.I. Joe's I want my little pony that's what I want for my birthday and we were like five and his birthday was like three days after mine and his mom bought him my little ponies and I cried I cried so bad and I would trade him all of my toys. I'll give you everything you know? I have. Like all my Barbies were his if he wanted them. I just wanted one of those G.I. Joes. Just anyone. Any I don't care. Um so I'd pretend that Ken was like G.I. Joe. <laughs> and I'd draw like camel marks on his face. <laughs> and I would take I had this huge Barbie dream house that my, my grandfather bought me. And all I wanted was a Nintendo, a Sega, and a football. And I would, I remember I got beat the fuck up for taking a Sharpie and painting the shutters black, you know, because mm. I thought it would look nicer if I just added some different Turn that bitch into a bunker. It, you know? Where the fuck is Joe supposed to go, yo? Yeah. He, that nigga needs somewhere to be at. He's on a mission. And my mom hated me, like hated me so um the first time i got locked in my closet my she would do like all these like ridiculous things i remember 
she caught me trying to kiss this girl <laughs> that I was friends with. But and she cool. was like, maybe we were both like, no, she was a year older than me. So she was like six. I guess I was like five turning six. And I spent like three days in the closet. Damn. And my mom would always tell me, you stay there. That's where you're supposed to be. Nobody wants to see that. Stay in the dark and be where you are. And I fucking, I hated it. And then I remember one time my brother used to slide books underneath the door because I had like this little like flashlight in the closet with me. And then she beat the shit out of him. You know. I'm trying to help you. So he was. He was actually kind of nice. You know, I think he felt bad. I think sometimes it was more like he needed somebody else to play with. You know? Yeah, but and like I was, I was I was like grounded, like punished. That's why my room got painted pink. Because I asked for a blue room. Um, so she was just a fucking bitch. Like a total fucking bitch about it. But there was something obviously wrong with me, you know what I mean? Because, like, I just wasn't right. There was something. I hated skirts, and I hated everything girly, and I just, I didn't want to do anything that they wanted me to do. I couldn't stand. I couldn't stand my life. And then I found out what transvestites were, Mm -hmm. and I loved them, every single one of them. And I realized that people were openly gay and telling people that they were gay, and it was okay so I told everyone else that didn't know my mom or didn't know my family. Mm-hmm. My one uncle knew, um, and he was the best. He, like, he said I could call me whatever name he I wanted to be called. So I figured, well, if he calls me Angel, it's close enough to Angie, and people won't notice the difference. Mm-hmm. So that was the little name that I had picked. Um, I wanted my name to be Joshua. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so when my sister, my oldest sister had her son, I named him Joshua. Because I thought it was just, I just liked the way it sounded. Um, and then I started growing boobs. So I binded. So I can't breastfeed my children now, which kind of sucks. Um, and I think maybe around the time I was like 14 or 15, after being... At the time, I didn't realize that it happened. Like, well, when I was 14, 15, I knew. But, like, when I was little, I thought, boys don't get molested. People don't do this to them. You know? Like, it's a girl thing. So, my one cousin, her dad would do it. And she always invited me over for sleepovers. And I fucking hated sleeping over her house. And I was like, why are you always inviting me over? I don't even like you. But it was because her father wouldn't pay less attention to her when I slept over. So it was easier for her to just put it on someone else. And I hated her when we were kids. I get it now. Like, I'm not so mad. I'm still kind of pissed at her because it's just, the way, that, it's just the way that we're, we're built. You know what I mean? Yeah, like we always want to place it, you know what I mean? And make it somebody else. But I, I get it. Like, I get why she would always have me over. Um, it was probably the only time she ever got to sleep in. You know? Um... So yeah, so later I like I didn't realize that it happened to boys. So I had this one friend and we had this like it was in 4th grade. My teacher's name was Mrs. Weber and I fucking loved her. We had this conversation in class because something had happened to one of the kids in our school where they had been like molested and like abused mm-hmm. and it was like a bad bad situation 
and the kid had to be like taken out of school. They were in the hospital for Saul and they weren't coming back. Oh my so Jesus. we had this discussion in class and there was like a therapist that came to our class because that kid was in our class. And Michael and I were the only kids that either had the ability to say something or speak up or, you know, um, so he started crying first. And it was like, he was one of my closest friends. So he was the only other person that knew what had happened to me. And then there was another little boy that said something too. So I remember they had taken us all out of the classroom and they spoke to everybody. Um, but the other little boy wasn't really talking so much about like molestation. It was like something like his dad was a drug addict and he had some problems at home with the dad, you know, mm -hmm. using drugs and such and such. So we were just like, it was just like a random conversation. Fourth grade, I, I don't know how old you are in fourth grade. Like nine and Eight a half, nine. ten. Yeah. So I'm a year <clears throat> younger than everybody because I got skipped up. So I guess I'm like seven and a half or whatever. So that was the first time like I really started to realize that it wasn't just girls and I got a little bit more comfortable with being a girl because I think like I always wanted to be a boy since I was like three I would tell people I'm a boy I'm a boy you know but then when I started like as I got older I really really wanted to be a boy because I thought that bad things didn't happen to boys you know my brother was like he was kind of slow not stupid but a little bit slower than most kids and he had like he would get he got glasses and he had like my mom had him like I don't know like two and a half months premature so he was the special boy in the family so like when my mom my mom's very bipolar so when she would have like her fits and we would get beat Anthony would scream like a fucking girl <laughs> and she'd stop hitting him because then the neighbor would knock on the door I mean on the wall and scream that she was going to call the cops so then she would come and beat me and I didn't scream because I remember my dad or my mom telling my brother, we'll take it like a man, you know? So I figured, well, fuck it. I'm a man. So I'm going to take it like a fucking man. And I didn't cry. And I think that kind of just pissed her off more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So she just <clears throat> beat me more and more. And I remember the one time I actually cried. I was like, well, okay, I'm going to cry now because this you bad. want me to be a girl. You're forcing me to be a girl, so I'm going to be the girl that you want me. I'm going to cry like a little girl. So I cried, and she punched me like a fucking man. I was probably like eight, maybe nine. And after a while, like by the time I was like 13, 14, I started realizing, well, I'm a girl. I'm stuck this way, you know? Like, I can't act and take it like a man. I can't be the boy. The girls aren't paying attention to me. The boys are obviously paying attention to me, so I'm going to I'm going to be but a girl, yeah. you know, so I decided my mom used to force me to like dress girly and try and dress provocatively. I fucking hate dressing provocatively. You know, I show as little as I possibly can, because I figure if you're going to love me, there's more than what you're going to see, mm -hmm. you know, so. I figured, fuck it, I'm gonna be a girl. So I started wearing a, was like, no, I was younger than that. I was like 14. So it was, when, it was like right after recently we had moved to Reading. So I was like, I'm gonna wear skirts and I'm gonna wear low cut shirts and I'm gonna be super, super cute. And, and that's when less boys paid attention to me. 
it was weird. weird. It didn't yeah. work it, out. It doesn't work. It doesn't I work that it way. It was gonna work out. When I was a boy, when I was a tomboy, it was easy. It was difficult. Like I wanted to play football, but they wanted to touch my chest because I had these little boobs popping out. Mm-hmm. So I would ace bandage every fucking day, so that way if I didn't have boobs, you couldn't see anything. You wouldn't try and touch me. And flag football is still flag football. But I couldn't stop them from growing. I got big boobs. It is what it is. So I figured, I was like, well, fuck it. If I have to be a girl, then I have to be a girl. And I continued to be a girl. And I guess I just kind of got used to it after a while. Like, I still want to be a boy. (laughs) Um, But you get comfortable with who you are and what you are. And you learn how to make it work for you. Yeah. You know, so I kind of just learned how to work and make being a woman work for me. And I figured, well, if I'm stuck this way and I have to be a woman, I'm going to be a better fucking woman than all of the fucking women I've ever known. Mm. Because they're all pieces of shit for the most part, at least the ones that were around me. And I feel that like I'm not the best woman that I could be. But I'm pretty fucking good at it. Better than the predecessors. You know? Like, my kids... I'm 37. My mother hugged me once. It was... December 1999, turning into 2000. Graduation? No, it was um, <laughs> literally New Year's. Oh. And everyone was at my house. And... Um, I wasn't even like she's a, like hugging, you know. Everybody, wasn't even like a heartfelt thing because the pressure's on. Well, oh, it's New Year's, so everybody's walking around <laughs> hugging everybody, and my mother comes up to hug me, and I was like, oh, like I stepped back because I didn't know what to do. Usually, when my mother gets that close to me, she's hitting. She go whack you, yeah. You know, so I step back from her. She's like, "What's wrong with you? Fucking hug me! It's fucking New Year's. Everybody's fucking hugging." So that was the only time I think I've ever hugged my mother, in my whole life. So as a mother. And I, I like with my boys, I'm like the biggest overhugger <laughs> in the fucking world. Um, I'm glad I had boys. I've always been afraid to have a daughter. I don't. I don't know if I could be if I could do it. How crazy is that? Like you ended up having two boys, like because I think it was the most appropriate thing the universe knew that I don't. I don't know if I could have handled anything else. Do you think you could handle a girl now? I don't know how to deal with women, even as a woman, you know? I don't know how to deal with women. I don't have many female friends. Um, The ones that I do have, I usually keep at quite a a distance. And the ones that I am close with are usually lesbians. Yo, yo, Bridget's a G. (laughs) Bridget is a G. Hey, girl or boy, that's a G. And she's also very gender neutral. Yeah, she is. In her life. She She, is. She's not like, you know, well, she's only attracted to women, but she's very gender neutral. She prefers to wear a suit and tie. Yeah. And, you know, be a tomboy and such. Hanging out with her kind of reminds me of hanging out with some of the friends that I hang out with all the time. I saw her Facebook pictures. No, she's beautiful. She is pretty. She's incredibly uncomfortable in every picture she posts. That's why she posts them. Crazy. Gorgeous. Because it's it's just a face. You have no idea who she is. You just think she's pretty. And that's, that's, it's one of the things. Like, I've always been considered, oh, you're such a pretty girl. I, I, I'm the most ugliest person in my own personal view. No, I think my favorite, you know, I think my favorite picture, she's probably in baggy so pants pretty. with the shortcut. I forget which one it is, but her hair is cut real short. And she got, it's, it reminded me of Aaliyah. 
Like the nice. outfit reminded yeah. me of a Leo, the boy girl thing. Like yep. it was cute. I like that. Being considered pretty is an insult in my life. Because <coughs> like pretty girls aren't smart. That. Not 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 so much pretty girls aren't smart. I'm 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 not really supposed to be a girl. You're insulting me. I'm I'd prefer to think of myself as handsome. If you truly ask me. Because I don't think that I'm pretty. I have a different kind of structure to me. Like, my face isn't incredibly feminine in my eyes. You know, I don't think that I'm not supposed to look this way. So pretty is an insult. It just, it bothers me. I don't like it. You know? I've had people say that I'm a handsome woman, and I love those people. They're some of my favorite people. My grandmother used to tell me that I was a handsome woman all the time. <laughs> and I thought it was the nicest comment that I've ever gotten in my life. You know? Um, not like, I, I don't think I would... I'm comfortable as I am. I've learned to be comfortable as I am. I'm, I'm good with it. I think that if I was a man, I'd still probably be a gay man. <laughs> You know, like I really would. I would. I'm more attracted to men now as I've gotten older. As I was younger, I was more attracted to women. Um, but it's like it's a it's a little bit of both for me now. Like I'm still attracted to women, but yeah, I'd probably be a gay man if I was allowed to be the way I was. What I <laughs> the one thing I had always told my one friend, um, and I probably only <coughs> ever told her, I. I want to get a sex change when I'm like 50 because at least I figure that at that point I've lived my life as a woman as best as I could and I'm done and I get to spend the rest of my life fucking bitches <laughs> and swinging my dick around like a dirty old man and can't say shit to me. The life. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> peeing at convenience. I'm sorry. You don't but know what it's like to be an old man because we it ain't convenient. It's a Everything as an old man is, uh, it is a struggle. It is very convenient to have something <laughs> to be able to piss outside without having to squat. When it works okay? as an old man. As an old man, it don't always a, work it's like a, that. It's a convenience <laughs> for me. It's, it's and even... I'd like to know what huh. it feels like to enter a vagina as a penis. Pretty cool. <laughs> like, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Uh, I get I get shit on I, get shit, I literally get shit on by my best friend because uh, he's like you're the only person I've ever heard that could that call sex rad like he's like he's like yeah you know how did it happen I was like I'm fucking rad dude you're like it's a fucking music term asshole I'm like what is this fucking rad dude it's awesome no, I don't know if I was a guy I don't think I'd be a good guy I have the guy dreams, but I don't think I would ever, I don't think I'd be a good guy. Like I'd be the, probably because I'm so aggressive, I'd probably be that guy who's a womanizer and the guy who sleeps with all the girls in the world because, you know, like eventually my dick's going to fall off if I was a guy. You'd be the drifter? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Be a hoe. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's a there was a song about that. It's called <laughs> the, the Wanderer. <laughs> it's called the Wanderer. I definitely would be a hoe. He gets around, round, 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 round. But that would make me nervous because I feel like I'd probably be a, like, I like females, but I couldn't be yes. in a relationship with one. <laughs> Best fucking film ever. Yeah. Another reason why I wanted to fucking be a boy. Somehow, somehow the the the, the, the life of a boy <laughs> means freedom. 
Yeah, it was freedom and, and adventure and... It's a lot more free, you know, isn't That's it? why, yeah. one of the reasons why my son's name is Atreyu, because he was one of the most free characters, mm-hmm. like, ever in a movie or anything like that, <laughs> you know? That's funny. See, that's why we weren't, because I was the total opposite. I grew up, like, I don't know, we're going backtracking how, I was anyway. going to say, how free are you guys? <coughs> how free are men, really? Oh, I mean, trust me, we go through... <laughs> we go through every And other when I trauma. say that, I mean, like, it's okay for us to be emotional anywhere. It's not okay for you. Nope. For you, it's okay. But for but society, it's not okay. It's not not, okay. Not like, okay. There's a lot of shit that's just not okay. Which kind of sucks. Again, it's one of those things from, like, good, from good my statement. perspective. Good statement. From my perspective, this is what it is. I want to be a man. I'd like to have a penis, but... And you're free, just like she said. I I completely agree with that. But then I have to think, how free are you really? In some aspects you are, in some you're not. Yeah, it's it's still going to be a give and take for everything. For men, we're given more freedom because we're expected to, you know, when we're kids, we're allowed to go and play 50 miles away and travel on our bikes and go around town and do whatever we want to. But the part where we are not free is where we expect women to be free. We expect women to be the talkers, the emotional ones, the healers, the caregivers. We aren't allowed. We're not to allowed to be that. Right. You fall, get up, get up, man up, brush it off. Yeah. You're not allowed to cry. You're not allowed to talk about what you're thinking or feeling. You're not even allowed to ask questions half the damn time. Mm-hmm. So got emotions, bottle them up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we have more physical freedoms than women are given most of the time. But the emotional side is why there's so much drama with Going men. On right. It's yeah. why we're, you know, seen as cheaters and, you know, bullies and we're... There's no it, outlets. What is it called? Um, when you're, like, emotionally stunted, you can't open up in relationships oh, uh, because we don't know how. Yeah. We weren't allowed to. We were never allowed to talk about those Emotionally things. distraught. Or, uh, Where you guys were expected to grow up and be emotional. And, you know, when girls are, are smaller... That's why you're given Barbie and Ken. You're taught to play house, and mommy does this, and daddy does this. To no roles. Us, we're given GI <laughs> Joes, and to no roles. To fight. <laughs> it's a no roles. Expected to be fighters. We're supposed to be harder. No boys and... will be boys. Yeah, I fucking hate that statement. I was considered a bad mom because I brought <coughs> Julian. Julian was one of those kids, and he liked the Barbies better. Mm-hmm. And so you got him what he wanted. I didn't yell at him for no, playing good. with the girls. <coughs> Listen, we gotta and be the people to break this my wheel. Brother be yeah, like, Why totally. the fuck you keep letting him play with dolls? That's gay. He's fuck fairies. Fuck faggot. He's this and that. I'm just like, I don't know. It's what he likes. So then I asked him. I try to buy him boy things. Yeah, and I asked him, Julian, how come you play with the Barbies <coughs> and you don't play with thing? Better. He said, they're more fun, mom. You yeah, can take better. their clothes off and stuff, and you can't do that with mm-hmm. the boy toys. The boy toys are action figures. Their arms don't move, their legs don't move, <laughs> nothing. The but the girls, you can make them walk, you can make them talk, you can dress them, you can undress them, <laughs> you can undress them. <laughs> like, had, I'm had undressing a plastic <laughs> girl with little <laughs> boobies. Like, this is great. Why the fuck do I have to play with the G.I. Joe? Because all I of that, get it. <laughs> all those toys for girls were meant to stabilize you mentally. Yeah. You weren't taking the clothes off Barbie because you could take them off and accessorize. You were taking them off so you got used to taking clothes off of a child and putting them back on and dressing them and yeah. learning how to dress It's children. to stabilize your role it's in ridiculous. society. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had a friend one time that got a little mad and bothered that my oldest son had baby dolls 
And she was like, why does he have baby dolls? What do you, what, I don't understand why he has all these stuffed animals in his room and he has these little dollies. And I looked at her and I was like, well, how else is he supposed to learn how to be a father? Mm-hmm. Shut it down. His <laughs> gave me the, like, the stupidest look like, oh, she wasn't expecting nobody ever a thought real about it like that. answer. And it was like, no, he needs baby dolls. He's learning how to change diapers. It's good for him. This Wow, Angie. I know I love that answer so much. Yeah, that is. That was that was super dope. Yeah, I, that was a good statement. I didn't <gasps> I yours is left field too. I never really thought about it that way. Good job. That gave me some complex thoughts. It made sense to me. Like boys need to learn how to be good fathers. I don't need another father like mine. I need the father that I needed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The father mm-hmm. that I'm trying to provide for my son. So I need somebody needs to teach him how to be a father. And then like, and if that baby doll is going to fucking do it, then let it be. <coughs> Damn bitch. I'm about like to the people go that, Julian a doll now. The people that like market and create these toys, like could probably help a lot more breaking this wheel. Oh, totally. Than we think. If you, think. If you, yeah. yeah. If you make, you start marketing, <laughs> A baby doll towards Instead little boys. You're more than likely to solve dolls, this fucking problem. Boy you ones. It doesn't have to be a little girl baby doll. No, you can, you can make the freaking boys. What happened to the cabbage patch? One of the they funniest were things. Awesome. Yeah, one you of the funniest mean? things I ever realized was like growing up. All right, I grew up in a house full of women, so like I knew how to wash my clothes. I knew how to iron and do dishes and cook. The funniest thing to me is when people go to prison. Mm-hmm. Or when people go to the military. And they gain those skills, and, yo. Yeah, they really guess, gain those but skills. But guess who the first popular people are? Yeah. When you're in the military, <laughs> when you're in the military, <laughs> the dude that knows how to iron, yo, I made bank. I bet. When it came to having to sew on new patches on your uniform, yep. I made bank. When you're in prison, guess who gets the most money? Mm. The dude that can braid hair. Yep, that's yep. true. All the sofas. Or the guy that can draw. <coughs> the guy that can draw. draw. Uh-huh. The one who's a little more artistic and in touch with another side of him. But the funny thing is, they took that away from us again. You know, it was nice to be in like middle school, high school and have home ec where everyone was learning to mm-hmm. sew and cook mm-hmm. and clean. Yeah. And then they took it away. So all we're doing is just reverting back to that position. Going where back to the wheel, man. The only people that know wheel. how to do that stuff anymore are usually the girls who grew up learning how to do that because boys were allowed to go outside and play. And see, that's another reason why we work so well because I was raised by men. My and mom had six brothers. Yeah. I had. I, I was the that. only girl out of eight cousins and they were all boys older than me, except for one boy who was six months younger and mm-hmm. thought he was bigger than me because he was bigger than me for a while. You know what I mean? Like I was a little one. So I, like, up. <laughs> I didn't learn how to sew or iron clothes. I can I can teach you how to drive, change ga- like gas, oil, mm-hmm. all your filters in your car. You know what I mean? Like I learned all those manly things like super young because all of my other cousins, even though they were boys, they weren't interested in any of that. They wanted to run around and play, but I was as a girl, we're more intel not a more intelligent, but we're more intelligent when we're younger than boys are. Boys mm-hmm. mature later. So receptive. Fourteen. Yeah, and we receptive, we're receptive right, yeah. and we want to learn and we seek things out. So when my uncles were doing all this guy shit, I was I was all up in it. I wanted to know everything. <coughs> and my little cousin, the one that was younger than me, he's in the kitchen learning how to make pateles with my grandmother. <laughs> you know? And that was okay that he wanted to learn how to cook. Because, oh, well, men can cook, too. Mm-hmm. There's some of the fake big chefs are all men. So it was okay for him to learn how to cook. But when I wanted to be a fucking mechanic, 
yeah, you know, it was a, was a problem. problem. Yeah. You know, but don't have me grow up with six Puerto Rican uncles and Camaros and fucking. But and then my aunt say, they literally would shush. I get out, go 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 go, because I was so dirty that they didn't want me in the kitchen with them. Mm-hmm. You know, they were like, I find just go play with the boys. You know, they would send me off to them. They're going to perpetuate the thing that they don't want you to be. It was wrong. Yeah, that's literally perpetuating the thing that they don't want you to be. That's so contradictory. They gave up after a while. They stopped trying. Yeah. They did because it was too much energy to try and teach me how to be a girl. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Nothing was going to stop me from playing girl talk with my cousin. Nothing was going to stop me from playing with Barbies, from watching girl. Yo, Rainbow Bright was my shit. You couldn't tell me nothing. There was nothing wrong with Rainbow Bright when I was a kid. My favorite TV show was Small Wonder. It was about oh, the little, I loved Small with Vicky, the little robot, the robot girl. girl. Yes. So all I wanted to do was cook and clean and learn how to fold laundry and do everything my grandmother did. Wait. It was, yeah. Oh, Nickelodeon? We'll explain. No. no. You're way too young. Yo. <laughs> Yo. I'm not even sure Nickelodeon was out yet. Let me think about that. Clarissa. Clarissa explains it all. That was my the show I watched with my sisters. That was a girl shit that I got. I was like, yo, she's real age. Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh, I didn't watch that. I watched Goosebumps. (laughs) Oh, Goosebumps was dope, though. And I really liked Dear Ashley off of Dear Ashley was awesome. That was my favorite segment. But like you were saying earlier, you feel like you had boys for a reason. When I had kids. That's exactly how I felt. I thought I had girls and it was for a reason because that's how I grew up. It's who I knew how to Same. raise. And I you would were given be what off. you could nurture. Because I, could I do didn't best. do that whole, I want to go out and ride my bike or play flag football in the backyard. That wasn't me. I was in my room dancing to reggae music trying to figure out how twerking worked when I was a kid. Before twerking? I was a little girl. <laughs> you were <laughs> That shit is evolved, we man. And, I don't know what and that's that, again, is. that shows what the difference is between growing up surrounded by men or women. Mm-hmm. If you grow up surrounded by men, you're expected to be a man. They're mm-hmm. going to make you do all that other shit. If you grow up around girls, they don't really care what you do. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a house full of women. Uh, my first real household was my aunt. She was a lesbian, so it was her partner. It was my, well... My part, her partner's two daughters. Sometimes my mom lived there. Sometimes my other aunt lived there. So it was always a house full of women. That's why I am the way I am. I try to keep a clean house because they did. Mm-hmm. I don't go outside if I don't look a certain way because that's how they were. <coughs> I learned how to cook early. I learned how to do dishes. I learned how to sew and you know fix things around the house the way that they did. But the reason I talk as much as I do is because I had to sit there and listen to all the shit that they talked about. Mm-hmm. I heard all the stories about the men who weren't shit in their lives. I heard about all the guys who they found cheating on them. I heard about the you know, uncle who ain't shit because all he does is go out and get drunk. So that's why I am the way that I am. Because I didn't want to be any of the shit that they were sitting at home talking about. I wanted to be like them. Because in my eyes, they were perfect. <coughs> because that's how they made themselves look all the time. They talked about shit. They got shit done. If something was wrong and the dude didn't bring home money for the bills, they had that shit taken care of. Because that's how women are. They don't need us at all, bro. (laughs) They don't need us at all. They can handle their own shit. They don't need us. And I'm so glad that I learned that early on. And see, I think that's part of the reason why, like, I'm the way that I am. Because, like, I can give a fuck less what I wear when I go outside. I come as I am. 
And that's how most men typically think. You know what I mean? Ah, fuck it. We're just going to the store. I'll be fine. You know? Like, but I'm going out to play. I'm just going to get dirty anyway. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, half of my clothes have paint and shit on them. <laughs> and I, I, like, sometimes I feel more inadequate and inappropriate in a dress. Remember that day we went out? I felt so awkward all night long. I'm wearing this cutesy little dress. <laughs> but why didn't you just find some sexy pants dude cause all my fucking clothes have pa- <laughs> like paint on them <laughs> and we were going someplace nice I go get some pants <laughs> I go downstairs and Isaac and the kids are dressed to the fucking tee but so I'm gonna go upstairs and throw on some fucking dirty ass pants and a fucking button up shirt and be like oh let's go like, I felt, as awkward as I would have felt being normal me, I felt even just as awkward being girly me. Like, I just, I often have that feeling where I just don't belong. I hate it. And then I'm the polar opposite. Time. Like she said, we, we well, I kind of, sort of met her mom. <laughs> kind of. And it haunts me to this fucking day. I mean, she was a good... 30 feet away in a car and like in traffic and she just stopped for a second to say hi or whatever. Intimidating as fuck though, isn't she? No. No? Ugh. But I, to this day, and I will forever feel like shit because I met her mom and I'm in like my work clothes. So I look like a fucking homeless idiot. I'm in like sneakers that didn't match my shorts. My shirt was all like dirty and full of food from cooking all day and it will haunt me for the rest of my life because Aww. I wasn't comfortable in my head. I should have, I knew I was going out in public. I should have been in a suit and tie. He's so cute. <laughs> but mind you, if we had opened up the car door, my mom probably would have been wearing jeans with fucking pants all over <laughs> And that's, that's <clears throat> the thing that kind of threw me off because my mother is a very manly woman. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, just as manly as she can be, my mother can put up drywall and hardwood floors, all the same shit that I can do. We can build things and work with saws and everything. Because, like, again, she grew up with so many brothers and things. She's used to being, you know, a man, kind of manly. But at the same time, my mom will wear overalls covered in paint and shellac during the day and then look like a fucking supermodel come the end of the evening. My mom has always been one of the most gorgeous, stunning women when she gives a shit enough to try. Like, we grew, I grew up in the 80s in New York, so it was like the limelight, the palladium, all these clubs pose what we're watching now on TV. My mother would hang out with transvestites and go to drag clubs and, like, all these women were envious of her outfits and the way she dressed and styled and, you know what I mean? Like, she was fantastic looking. But yet, just like she worked evenly with her manliness and her femininity, it was awkward, you know. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the art of storytelling continues. The ability to change and grow and adapt and accept who we are mm. and, and all the things we want to be. <laughs> 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 so, until next time, this is Isaac. Armando. Angie. Amir. <laughs> and Brittany Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening, please stay tuned because there will be an upcoming episode this Saturday live from Philadelphia. The I Dream and 8-Bit Nerd Mixer. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I want to go so bad. I want to go so bad. <laughs> Damn it, I said. need a baby.